This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shouldn't you be at work? When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. I'll have a low-fat pizza or something like that, or a few biscuits and some milk on a Sunday. You can pair up if you like, and you can fucking pick someone else to help you, and you can bring your fucking dinner. Go, leg! Hit leg! Hit leg over the top! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Hello and welcome back to episode four of Quitly Kevin's pre-season training. I'm Chris Gold, joining me Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And Michael Marden. Hello. Josh, what is happening on these episodes? They've been great. I've really enjoyed them. I, I thought, you know, arriving, this has every opportunity to be a poor filler. But actually, the correspondence has been great. The live clips have been great. To be honest... I prefer the pre-season stuff to the stuff we actually sweat gallons over. It is a good pre-season an indicator of a good season to come. <laughs> that is the worry, isn't it? Uh, I'll tell you what this isn't, is I'm not having any Mourinho-style press conferences about how we haven't done well in the market. Uh, considering who we've booked for Series 4, it is by a distance our strongest booking. We've done some great business, yeah. We have done great business. A lot of envious eyes from other podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, have we had a West Ham? Anyway, uh, so what we're doing with this, uh, we are picking our favourite all-time 11s. We are also uh, working through some great correspondence that we've had since the World Cup episodes. And we will be playing out a clip of our live shows that have gone. Why are we doing that, Chris? We're doing that because we're doing two live shows at the Hackney Empire in East London. 7th and 8th of November, Quickly Kevin Live, brand new show. You know the joy if you've seen it before. We'll have an excellent guest on both nights. If you want to get a ticket, go on the Hackney Empire website and look for Quickly Kevin. Should be a lot of fun. However, shall we have a bit of correspondence? Why not? I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Now, we spoke yesterday about Gareth Southgate, and I said I had a piece of correspondence about one of his sponsorship uh, link-ups, shall we say. Do I remember this right? 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 Right. 
This is from Paul Rhodes. Dear team, on the back of you mentioning Gareth Southgate's Pizza Hut advert, it then brought on to remembering that I think he endorsed the classic 90s trainers, Bull Boy Shoes, with the very catchy slogan, Bull Boy Shoes are what you need. Get the power on your feet. Bull Boy Shoes. Bull, bull spelt like Steve Bull. Now, oh. we've had two emails about this. I, I'm sorry to the other person who emailed. We thank you for your email as well, but I haven't got your name to hand. However, Paul Rhodes put, browsing YouTube, I was only able to find the clip, the ads featuring Alan Hansen for some reason. Got to be the two squarest people you could choose to advertise your cool new shoes. Yeah. Sure I remember this right, that Gareth Southgate was involved in some way. Can you guys confirm or deny this? Also... I don't remember anyone at school ever earning or admitting to own a pair of ball boy shoes. <laughs> I'm guessing Southgate's penalty miss in 1996 really killed sales. So, do I remember this right? Do any of us remember ball boy shoes? No, absolutely We've had two not. emails, so it must be a thing. Yeah. I want some pictures. Can people send in pictures of ball- the kind of mislaunched trainer brands also? Any other mislaunched sportswear I love or that. weird sportswear sponsorships that players had? Hello at quicklykevin.com. There, there's, there's one which I remember from, it's not 90s, but it's sort of relevant. It's 70s or 80s. And uh, I remember the advert because somebody, I think it might have been like Alan Ball, but somebody had endorsed a trainer that on the front of it was a, a, like a circular disc of studs. Yeah, but it would it would rotate. Oh yeah. So I think the idea was that when you sort of went into the ground, you could pivot and turn. Like this easily. is going to snap so many. Angles. Well, this is what I think happened. Is I think there were a series of injuries of people using. <laughs> it's like playing in roller skates or something, and they just got removed. Like the predator. Like yeah, they were well, trying to do with a predator. This is my. Do I remember this right? There was a documentary because Mark yeah, Haley came up with the no, predator. No, no, no. Didn't Craig he? Johnson. Craig Johnson. I always get those two mixed up. Craig Johnson came up with the Predator, and his idea was those really bouncy rubber balls. Those really like rubber, like. Uh, really right, high- I remember seeing the documentary, and in my head, he stuck the stuff from a ping pong bat onto some yes, trainers. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought it was bouncy rubber balls, and he put it on a boot and said, "Look how much extra like oh, right, to kick it, kicking it." That and <laughs> that for me was what the Predators were about. And I don't remember a boot being such a big thing. Like oh, the Predators, no, the around. Predator was so big. Well, I had a documentary about. It. You didn't get that with the Puma King. And the first person I ever saw play with Predators, Ian Dowie. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what a waste. Do you, did, I don't, because I don't play football really. I don't have a pair of football boots. Did the Predator take over in the way that it has, or has it just gone by the bike? Like, do people still wear rubber covered football boots? I, I don't think they do. I think it's evolved in a different way now, where the boots are more like a sock. They're sort of less protection, oh, right. but there's more control. Yeah. I think it's ergonomically, you can control the ball more if there's less, right. less padding. Because at the time, it felt like it was going to change everything. Yeah. I remember the star striker at our high school got a pair. And they were like 130 quid. Yeah, they were so expensive. Which, with inflation, is obscene. But he got a pair. And we thought, well, this guy's going to go pro. Like, (laughs) he's going all the way. He's got predators. You know when, like, um, I'm reading uh, Keith Richards' autobiography at the moment. And there's, like... One of the reasons they got Bill Wyman is because he had such a good amp. And that always happens in bands. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that happened with any team signed someone just because he had a pair of Preds? <laughs> I always think that about like football, like what I remember of five aside, like eleven aside or whatever. But the, t- the player on the opposition with the newest stuff was generally the most yeah. rubbish player. Yeah. All the like, gear, no idea. Exactly. Isn't that the classic? <laughs> yeah. The classic. Um, so, if you have anything on uh, Ball Boy Shoes, we want to know more about it. It must exist because we've had two emails about it. Uh, then email us hello at quicklykevin.com or any predator anecdotes or anything related to what we've discussed. But now, live show. 
Yeah, we're going to play Hackney Empire and to give you a feel for the electric atmosphere you're going to feel when you come to Hackney Empire on the 7th of November, here is a clip from one of our previous live shows. Alex, you told me earlier when I was asking you what you wanted to talk about, you said you had some 90s football facts to wow us with. Yeah, I do. Well, I thought I did, and I've had this fact for a long, long time, and I've always thought, you're going to bloody love this, this would be perfect for this podcast. I'll wait until I'm invited on, it's come a little later than what I thought. But, <laughs> so... Um, I waited until I, there was a crowd, mate. I... Uh, I thought that Martin Darling, the former Blackburn and Sweden striker, was in Men in Black 2. <laughs> <laughs> and I fought this for about 15 years. <laughs> and this is... <laughs> so when Josh was like, have you got anything? I was like, I'm going to bloody... I'm going to give him the Martin Darling fact. <laughs> and I never, ever questioned it, because I thought... He's quite extravagant, and it, uh, he was quite extravagant, wasn't he, as a player? And it was like, it's probably like absolute textbook darling yeah. to be in Men in Black 2. So then last night I thought, oh, I'll Google it just to make sure it wasn't him at all. It was just some other thing. <laughs> of course it wasn't. It was Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> My other 90s footballer fact is that former Arsenal midfielder Glenn Helder is now a stand-up comic. In Holland. Is that true? Yeah, he is, yeah. I watched a video of him. Is he good? Well, he's in Dutch. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he got laughs. Yeah. He got some laughs at Highbury, to be fair to him. <laughs> as well. um, now, first question we ask anyone. Uh, it's not for you, but we'll... Have you ever met a 90s footballer? Um, I used to have Justin Edinburgh's uh, phone number years ago. When I was, That's when... going big early doors, <laughs> isn't it? Played when you say used to, have you still got it? No, I haven't got it anymore. What a I used to have it prank when I, that would when, be. When I was a trainee uh, journalist, I, like, you used to have to ring around like conference team news when I was a sports journalist. And like, he was like manager of something like Grays or Rushton. And so I had his number on my little uh, notepad and I'd ring him like every Thursday to try and get the team news off him. And like, I understand, like the first time I rang him, he just he said, like, have you got this number? Which is fine. And but you said Pat Van Den Hout gave it to me. <laughs> but by the fourth or fifth time... And I always, like, he always used to go, how have you got this number? It's like, oh, it's Alex Brooker who rang you last week about the team. Just here to get more of it, really. <laughs> and he just always used to try and make, like... Do you think he he's never first... saved a phone number? <laughs> but he was, like, the first kind of, like, former footballer that I'd, I was kind of talking to. So I really took it seriously and be like, so how's training going? How's the week? And he just, he just had no time. He'd just be like, yeah, Sasan's got hamstring injuries out for two weeks. And that was I love that was the idea it, really. that he's now watching the last leg going... That's that fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else have I met? I once went to uh, a sports dinner in Kent and each table had, like, guests. So, like, yeah. Henry Cooper was on, like, one, one table. On mine was um, Jonathan Johansson and Barry off EastEnders. <laughs> And were, I was so excited. I was so excited to meet Sean Williams. I was like, <laughs> Sean Williamson. I was so happy to meet. Him. I was like, it's Barry from EastEnders. This is absolutely amazing. <laughs> but yeah, Alan Kerbishley had pulled out, so he just sent Jonathan Johansson instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other ones I've got? Um, before I went to Channel Four to do the Paralympics, I was a trainee at ITV, and I was shadowing Adrian Charles. So he used to have like dinner with all like the other. ITV people. So the first person I met was was Andy Townsend. That's oh, yeah. another reason why I chose a drink. 
But I just thought he's going to have, this is going to be like some proper tales and I'm going to be like in the inner sanctum. I remember sitting down for dinner at Wembley and all he was talking about was this new gym that he joined in Pimlico <laughs> and uh, <laughs> how good it was. And I was just like, ah, oh, just underwater. <laughs> yeah, very much like the tactics try. <laughs> Did you ever used to play championship manager? I did, yeah. I played, I played like championship manager. The first one I played was like 93, 94. And um, when <laughs> I used to play it with around my mate's house and, and his older brother. And like he'd, his older brother kind of ran the game and he was always like, you know, he'd select what team we were going to be and stuff like that. And you met a like, lot on the old championship manager, you used to select what personality you were. So like for me, he always used to select me as rash. And I didn't know what rash meant. So I subsequently started selecting myself as Rash because I thought he was referring to the fact that I used to get a rash underneath my prosthetic <laughs> leg. <laughs> and for ages, that's what I thought it was referring to as, as opposed to the fact I was a little bit umpy. <laughs> I also thought because of that game that Don Hutchison was the world's best player for ages. <laughs> I couldn't understand why Arsenal weren't going in for knee Lamptey because he was so easy to get hold of. <laughs> Signed Glenn Elder. <laughs> Lovely. In the first live show, we used a projector to show a picture of Gary Mabbott and the Dulux dog doing an in-store. If you want to experience a similar feeling, then get on to the Hackney Empire <laughs> website and look for our next live show, 7th and 8th of November, at the Hackney Empire. These great. are the only live shows we're doing this year, just to be clear. Yeah. So um, that is it, really. Now, where have we got to in our dream team? So we've got to midfielders and wingers. Yeah. Shall I start us off? Why not? Central midfield, Matt Letizia. I of don't course. need to talk any more about him. <laughs> Do we need to discuss it? Well, yeah. I think we should touch on it a bit. You know, he was our he was our first ever guest on this show for good reason. Yeah. I think he is. I don't think he's a footballer. I think he's an artist. I think he's. <laughs> he I think transcends he, the game. I think he transcends the game. I think he's the most individual player that's ever existed. Yeah. In the same way that some people feel about Zidane or Cruyff, I feel Matt Letizia, particularly if he'd been foreign, would have been considered, should be considered in the uh, same way, and I think he would have been if, if he'd been signed from France. Yeah, he was our Platini and we wasted him. Yeah. Um, That's simple, right, isn't it? Simple. I've gone a bit root one with my choice of midfielder, Roy Keane, just because he... This is the worst round we've ever had. I mean, I got, I got criticised for picking Mateus Sammer. Yeah, I've, I feel bad now. But, I'm changing mine. But the reason I'm having I Steve Lomas. Him, it's nothing to do with his footballing ability, but the fact he was a nutter. And I think even now to meet him, I would be intimidated. Oh, yeah. And the way he kind of just tore into his teammates, like, yeah. absolutely fearless. And then also when he won the European Cup, I know he didn't play the final, but it's clear that meant absolutely nothing to him. <laughs> <laughs> he was sat next to him. That was the biggest achievement of their career, and he couldn't what care less because he, he didn't thinks, play the final. What do you think he thinks when he wakes up in the morning? <laughs> Who do I hate? <laughs> <laughs> no, he thinks I need to walk the dog. If we got a phone call and they said, "Do you want Roy Keane to come oh, on the show?" Oh man, yeah, of course you'd have right. to do it. But you'd be terrified. I wouldn't book him for a live show. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> I mean, imagine, imagine us settling questions. So, Roy, can you can you name all your shirt sponsors? Oh my God, can you imagine? He would look. literally just say, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as you'll hear in series four, we've got someone who is equally intimidating. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but we'll much keep, we'll nicer. Keep we'll keep our powder dry on that. Michael. Uh, so for my central midfielder choice, I have gone for Georgie Kinkladze. Yes, please. 
Now, the reason I've picked him is similar to goalkeepers. There's a particular trait that I love in a footballer, especially a 90s footballer, and that is that sort of mercurial flair playmaker type in an absolutely otherwise dog shit team. Yeah. And that team obviously was Manchester City. And instead of, like you mentioned Letizier, and he told us that great story in the podcast about how Alan Ball, one day at training, put everyone in position yeah. and said, your job is to pass the ball to him because yeah. he's the best chance that you've got of surviving relegation. Yeah. Well, that's what should have happened with King Clancy yeah. and City. Like, he, he it would was, have been Alan Ball. I think it was Joe Royal. Oh, right. Because he saw him as a luxury player. Like, Joe Royal was famous for having, like, these dogs of war midfield, yeah. like, combative midfielders who were just no-nonsense, hit it into the channels. And he had inherited this team with King Clancy, who he just saw as, like, a luxury player. Like, didn't get him, thought he was a waste of time and space. So we'd play him out of position, put him on the wing. And when, in fact, he was, like, a number 10. He should have been yeah. behind the strikers. But in spite of that he still scored or he had moments of like mazy dribbling runs which for me if you're a fan of that team and your team is so bad it's like this tiny piece of nourishment yeah. when you're in like a russian gulag i love a player that can beat uh, beat a man yeah that is the most exciting player you could have would be like a winger that would go past people yeah that's why i never really liked beckham you know they go well, actually he doesn't need to beat his man he just puts in a great cross and you think that's not as fun yeah i'd much for lee sharp going past three people then putting in a bad cross yeah yeah well my one of my best friends is a Man City fan and obviously he loves you know the new era of Guardiola and all of that but if you ask him about King Cladzi you know he's, he was there when City were going up and down the divisions he will get like a sort of misty eyed nostalgia about King Cladzi and King Cladzi scores a goal like he did against Southampton where it feels like he's beaten the entire team yeah. and done the impossible those are the moments that you remember yeah I, I, right, cool. like, I've had a bit of a footballing philosophy on the t- on the on the subject of Ian Cladsey. Shouldn't every team have at least one player who can beat a man? Like, isn't, yeah. isn't that all? Isn't that all you need from football? Is a player who can take the ball past other people? You think it'd be the easiest bit? That's yeah. what you can do as a kid. Like, why does that stop <laughs> happening as an adult at a professional yeah. level? West Ham, like we've had Payet, and apart from that, I don't think we've had a player in the last ten years who could take the ball past. <laughs> Shouldn't every team have one guy who can do that? Or two, the wingers. That's what a winger should do. <laughs> That's for the whole point. On wingers, I've got a man who could go past people. Steve McManaman was my choice. Oh, I loved Steve McManaman. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Also, in that Liverpool team, he didn't play as a winger. But for a brief period, do you remember the excitement over the free role? Yeah. Playing a man in the hole. That felt like a really big thing in the night. Yeah, like a totally man. new idea. He doesn't have to mark anyone. What? Yeah, he'd just be able to do... Steve Brown was so good in that Liverpool team, he could do what he wanted. Yeah. In a Liverpool team that was pretty ill-disciplined as it was. <laughs> yeah. He was, in a um, team that did what they wanted, he had the least... <laughs> the least responsibility. The least responsibility in that Liverpool team. Uh, he was a Rolls-Royce of a player. Yeah, he's like, great. Absolutely loved him. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't get the credit he deserved. Like, did he win? He won two... He won the Champions European League Cups. and I think he was the man of the match in the final. He was great. And he was, I think, a much underrated adjective that... I'd like a lot of players to have. I love a languid player. Oh, uh, yeah. A player that's just kind of... Shirt out. I, I always like a player that doesn't have their shirt tucked in, that just kind of floating around. That's why, I, I, as much as people hate Mesut Ozil, I quite enjoy him. There is <laughs> something about that association with the untucked shirt, like George Best. Those kind of players... It's almost like Ronnie O'Sullivan playing with his left hand. It's just like, yeah. I'm so good I don't even have to tuck my shirt in. I don't I think know. a centre-back has ever untucked their shirt yeah. in their life. <laughs> when I think of untucked shirt, I go straight to Steve Claridge. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Untucked yeah. shirt and rolled down socks. Rolled down From the socks. first minute. Yeah. <laughs> Who have you gone for, Skull? Um, I've gone for 
remember like it was a thing in the 90s where like foreign players were so exotic like it was like yeah. like to get a player from another country was mind blowing and Stan Lazaridis for West Ham was one yeah. of the first Australian footballers I was ever aware of <laughs> I didn't really realise that Australia played football Australian I, footballers at one point I thought Australia were going to be quite good but they just <laughs> what, at what point I don't know they just came there was a few coming over and they had like they got into a World Cup it's like Kjol Viduka yeah, those guys um, yeah. so you had this like the Stan Lazaridis was an exotic player and then you look at him and it's always like his head is weirdly shaped it's almost like the wrong aspect ratio like it's been stretched <laughs> across it's kind of square he's really leggy massive feet and he could score from 40 oh, yards. Yeah, I've never really seen... Like, just smashed him in from all over the place. Really pacey, but also quite rubbish and not very skillful <laughs> as well. I kind of uh, That's what I want from my wingers. Yeah. Just a bit of freewheeling chaos. And Stan Lazaridis provided it, and he was quite a sight I'm to look sure at. we discussed before things that you have to say when you hear a player's name. I've, I must have discussed... Well, if I hear the word Stan Lazaridis, I always want to say, what, bamboo? <laughs> Have, you, have we discussed that? We've never I, talked about I think we've discussed it socially, but not on the podcast. Yeah, if ever I hear the full name, Stan Lazaridis, because of, of the rhythm. My <laughs> <What laughs> God, it has come up four series almost. How have we not discussed that? No. Stan Lazaridis, what bamboo? <laughs> but I don't know why, but it just in my head, it, there's something about the... There's a sort of rhythm and cadence. The rhythm and cadence. Go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be a great terrace chant. <laughs> Stan Lazaridis. That'd be great. Um, um, Michael. Uh, well, I have gone for very similar reasons to Chris, actually. Um, I have gone for Carol Paborski. Yeah, classic. Um, less for the player that he was. That famous chipped goal at Euro 96 aside, he was fairly average as a player, um, especially when you compare him to Kanchelskis, who came before him, and then Beckham, who eventually filled that slot on the right midfield. Uh, but I've picked Paborski because of what he represents and it's something we've touched on before Chris just mentioned it and it's that sense of the exotic and the unknown when a player is signed for your club yeah. especially off the back of an international oh, tournament oh I love it Paborski for me is the last time as a fan that I remember thinking fucking hell this is exciting like yeah. we don't know anything about this player he could be absolutely world class and I've got no idea yeah and obviously he wasn't <laughs> But that sense of like checking the back page of the newspapers for transfer rumours and going, oh God, I hope like we hope we're linked to someone today. I hope that there's someone there that who's going to make me excited. And he is the last era of that type of player for me. That kind of sense and excitement at the unknown. You signed Jordi Cruyff the same summer. Absolutely the same kind of situation. Yeah, but with Cruyff, you sort of knew. It's like yeah, because it's like well, he's not going to be as good as his dad. And also, yeah. if he was any good, Barcelona, was Barcelona would never let him go. Problem was that Paborski wasn't as good as his dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are our options uh, our options are Roy Keane Matt Letizia Georgie Kincladze Stan Lazaridis a what bamboo Mid- <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Manamon and Carol Paborski yeah go online uh, social media Instagram Twitter vote for who you think the winners should be and that just leaves the quiz so Michael Okay, yeah, time for the uh, end of episode quiz. The winner gets to pick the song that plays out the episode. It is another round of starting 11. Italia 90 again. Semi-finals. Argentina versus Italy. Chris. To start. To start. He's lost every quiz this series. (laughs) Uh, In goal for Italy... Gianluca Pagliuca. He's lost. Yeah. <laughs> it was Walter Zenger. 
course uh, it is. So open goal for Josh, just name one. Oh, do I have to do one? I think you have to name a Diego player. Diego Maradona? Yeah. Correct. George Williams. One of the worst. <laughs> one of the worst. I'm trying to build it out from the back. <laughs> uh, Josh. Well, there's only one thing we can play. It's the Stan Lazarita song. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, Robbie Slater. See you later. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.